The Athletic. Hi folks, welcome to another episode of the Athletic FPL Podcast. I'm Mark McGettigan, you'll find me on Twitter at FPL General. Recording this episode on Monday morning ahead of the Game Week 9 deadline, which is on Saturday at 11am UK time. Haven't had just 7 fixtures in Game Week 8, it's back to normal this weekend with a full slate of 10 matches across Saturday, Sunday and Monday. There's a few more international games to be played yet this week, so I'll be back on Friday afternoon with another episode to round up the all-important press conference team news. On today's podcast, I'll do a quick game week review, reveal my latest watch list, answer questions from Twitter, and take a look at captaincy and potential transfers for game week nine. I know a lot of you are wildcarding this week as well, so I've put together a draft which I'll cover in the questions section. If you'd like to become an athletic subscriber, visit theathletic.com forward slash FPL pod to avail of the latest discount offer for new subscribers. A brief review of Game Week 8 feels like a long time ago now, so I activated my wildcard for Game Week 7. Game Week 7 didn't happen, so the wildcard troops finally got to play in Game Week 8. Finished on 57 points, which was enough for a green arrow of 300,000 places. In the wildcard squads, I left 2.7 million in the bank for a bit of flexibility with the likes of Mohamed Salah and Trent Alexander-Arnold in mind because I went with zero Liverpool on the wildcard. Went for triple up on the Newcastle defence, which didn't really go to plan. Botman was benched. They didn't keep a clean sheet. Trippier did get the assist at least. So Pope Trippier, Cancelo and Rhys James made up the back four. Went for De Bruyne and Saka, who both did the business. Martinelli and Gordon blanked. Gordon may not stay in my squad for too much longer, which you'll find out in the transfer section. And up front, Haaland, Mitrovic and Tony. So disappointing from Tony, but hopefully he does something against Bournemouth this weekend. The bench, Everson, Botman is now on the bench where he's going to stay. Andreas and Nico Williams. So hopefully between now and the World Cup, this wildcard squad will fire me up the rankings. There was no new members to the 59th minute club in game week 8, so keep an eye on those clocks in game week 9. In terms of the watch list, so after I play a wildcard squad, I obviously build a whole new watch list because a lot of the players that were on the previous watch list are now in my squad. So the watch list at this stage of the season is starting to get a lot smaller. I've just picked a new squad of 15 players that I was interested in. So there's only three defenders currently on the watch list, Trent Alexander-Arnold. It is quite tempting to go back and get him for this Brighton fixture, but I kind of committed on the wild card in game week 8 to going without Trent, going without Salah, probably going without him until game week 12. So not looking at Trent for my transfer in this week, but he's always going to be in my thoughts if he's not in my squad. And certainly looking to get him back around game week 12. And hopefully he'll become a season keeper, which we thought he would be in game week 1. Perisic is also there. I've had a bit of a frustrating time with him so far this season. I've only owned him twice and he scored one point in both game weeks. I think it was game week five and game week six. So certainly not in a rush to go back to him. And making up the defenders on the watch list is Fafana. So went for Reese James as the premium Chelsea defensive pick on the wildcard last week. Want to monitor Fafana's game time now. If he starts to get regular starts, he could replace Botman as my bench option. Midfielders on the watch list, Salah. And Luis Diaz from Liverpool. 
This week's transfer for me, I'm looking to sell either Saka or Gordon for a midfielder priced at 8.2 million or less. So Diaz is in the conversation here, but again, probably going to stick to the plan of no Liverpool until game week 12. Youngman's son back in my thoughts, back in everyone's thoughts after that fantastic hat-trick. So good to see him back in the goals. One of my favourite players to watch. And it was obviously a tough start to the season for him. You could see how much it meant to him to get those goals in game week eight. So certainly back as an FPL option now as well. So the more premium options, the better. So we can shake up this template. Phil Foden also on the watch list, but I do already have a city triple up of Haaland, De Bruyne and Cancelo. But I still think Foden is a very good option. And maybe if I lose Kevin De Bruyne for Salah around game week 12 time, that might open the door for Phil Foden again. James Madison and Wilfred Zaha on the watch list. Now, these are probably the two prime targets I'm looking at for either a Saka replacement or a Gordon replacement. So I'll talk a little bit more about those when I get to the transfer section. But certainly, Madison and Zaha both have really good fixtures coming up. Talisman for our teams. No Europe to really worry about, so rotation shouldn't be a concern with those guys either. The final midfielder is Jared Bowen. He's blanked yet again, but... Every time I watch him, I feel like he's very close to points. and I don't think it'll be too long until he breaks his duck for a season. He's still got a couple of good fixtures coming up. Question about him later, so I'll come back to him in more detail as well. Making up the watch list is the forwards. Harry Kane, Gabriel Jesus, Alexander Isak and Dominic Solanke. So Harry Kane, probably not going to make it into my squad anytime soon because I've got Haaland, I've got Kevin De Bruyne. Don't have enough cash for Harry Kane. Sold Jesus on the wild card, so it was painful to see him score, especially when his replacement Tony blanked. But it is just one game week. Jesus has a couple of difficult fixtures coming up and blanking game week 12. So I'm hoping that Tony can at least match him, if not outscore him, over the next three or four game weeks. Probably wishful thinking there. Might end up regretting selling Jesus, and I might have to go back to him at some point after game week 12 but let's see how that one plays out Isak was close to going for him on the wild card went for the triple defense instead wanted to stick to my guns obviously would have been better if I went for Isak but I think he was pretty fortunate to get those points and the bonus points because overall wasn't a great performance so penalty bailed him out there also seems to be yellow flag now so keep an eye on that one if you own him before the weekend and finally Solanke there is a lot of Solanke talk on Twitter and on social media these days Bournemouth have the best fixtures between now and the World Cup he's down to 5.7 million he's an enabler if you put him up front instead of someone like Mitrovic or Tony or Jesus you can do a lot elsewhere in your squad so I think that's the main reason he's got the fixtures and he opens the door for other things and the wildcard squad I'm going to talk about later does have him in because it allows you know an extra premium defender and maybe going back to Mo Salah for the Brighton fixture as well. So Kane, Jesus, Isak and Solanke, the players on the watch list. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Time to tackle some questions from Twitter now. Thanks as always to those of you who sent them in. I've picked out 10 of the best, which should hit the main burning questions going into game week nine. First one is from FPL Brooklyn. 
For those of us with a wildcard in hand and feeling generally good about our teams for this coming game week, what do you think of the strategy of dead-ending your team to the City Arsenal blank in game week 12 and then wildcarding to rebuy those players in game week 13? So yeah, the, the idea there is you would gradually lose your Man City and Arsenal picks running up to game week 12. Maybe by the time you get to game week 12, you've only got one or two from City and Arsenal, and then you could wildcard game week 13 to bring yourself back up to five or six assets from those two teams, two of the best teams in the league this season. So I think that's absolutely fine. If your squad is in pretty good shape this week and you can make it even better with a free transfer, a minus four, I think you probably can. I think it's a pretty viable strategy to hold off. It does feel a little bit late to wildcard game week 13, when we've got unlimited transfers game week 16 but I think the blank does change things and if you do want to load up on your city and Arsenal guys again players like Jesus, Salah who a lot of people have sold even players like Saliba who I painfully sold on the wild card if you want to get those back for the good fixtures from game week 13 to 16 I think that's absolutely fine main thing is your team needs to be in good shape right now to do so looking at those fixtures you can see why people are thinking about this because after blank game week 12 Arsenal have Southampton and Nottingham Forest right afterwards two great fixtures and in Manchester City in particular those four game weeks before the World Cup it's Brighton, Leicester, Fulham and Brentford so you're going to want to have at least double City if not triple for that period related question from FPL Composer how many Arsenal and Man City players would you carry from Game Week 9 to Game Week 12, given that they blank in Game Week 12, but on the other hand, you're going to want them back in Game Week 13? So like I said, if you are wildcarding this week, or if you wildcarded recently like I have, if you've got quite a few from Man City and Arsenal, you've probably got to gradually lose them. You don't need to lose them this week and next week. You can you can lose most of them you know, closer to Game Week 12, maybe in Game Week 11 and in Game Week 12. So I've currently got five. I've got Saka, Martinelli, and I've got the Manchester City triple up. So my kind of rough plan was maybe sell Saka this week, but given that he did well for me in Game Week 8, I'm probably going to keep him now for the Tottenham fixture and and then maybe sell him the week after. So I'm looking at Saka to Zaha possibly Game Week 10 rather than Game Week 9. So that will put me down to four. And then Kevin De Bruyne will probably become Salah in game week 12, which would leave me with three. So Cancelo, Martinelli and Haaland. And I'm going to try, if possible, to get away with just putting those three on the bench and playing hopefully with 11, maybe even 10 in game week 12. I don't think playing with 10 would be a, a huge issue if it means you can keep the likes of Cancelo, Martinelli and Haaland on the bench. Now, the, the important factor here is if you've been on quite a few of these players from early, especially from game week one, you've you've built up a lot of team value. Uh, Martinelli in particular, you, you might have got him at 6 million. He now costs 6.6. So, you know, if you, if you sell him now, you get 6.3, but you'd have to buy him back for 6.6 or maybe even more later in a couple of weeks' time. You know, the same with Haaland. His price has risen dramatically. If you sell him now, just keep in mind, it will cost you more to get these guys back. It's, Cancelo's not as much of an issue I think if he's only gone up maybe 0.2 so if you sell him it's not as hard to get him back but that is in the back of my mind as well I think the easiest ones to keep are Martinelli and Haaland because you're probably going to want them long term anyway you know you can go Cancelo to Trent for example game me 12 which I think will be popular so you got to keep all this in mind you might, you might want to keep a bit of cash in the bank for when you get to game me 12 if you want to get the likes of Salah and Trent back in your team so yeah how many would I carry you probably want to carry I've got five at the moment, but ideally you probably only want three or four 
over these next couple of game weeks. Question from FPL Mahir. Is Martinelli worth keeping on a game week nine wildcard given the blank and the fixtures coming up? So again, like I mentioned, team value is important here. I think if you got him at 6 million, you don't want to have to buy him at 6.6 million in a couple of weeks' time. He's got four returns in seven appearances, so he's performing pretty well for a 6 million priced asset. I think he's got potential to score even higher. He's, he's just a fantastic player. I think he's one of the best picks in FPL this season. And I, I still view him as a player who I bought in game week one and I hope to own him right throughout the season until game week 38. So fingers crossed he continues to deliver and he continues to get those starts. The fixtures, I can see why people are tempted to, to move away. Tottenham next, then Liverpool, then Leeds before the blank. But again, those bigger fixtures, sometimes they can play into the favour of, of you know those wide players with pace. So I wouldn't be surprised to see Martinelli do some damage against Tottenham and Liverpool over these next two game weeks. So absolutely no thoughts in my mind to lose Martinelli. Easier for me to say that because I've got Saka as well. So I think it's easier for me to sell the more expensive Arsenal midfielder and then just keep Martinelli on the bench in game week 12. Question from Dominic Hurst. Dominic says, this is probably the worst conversation ever, but what about goalkeepers on a wild card? Dominic mentions a few here. Guetta at Crystal Palace, Nick Pope, Sa at Wolves, the Pickford-Begovic combo at Everton, and dare I say it, the Ward-Everson combination at Leicester. So yeah, I think for wildcarders this week, goalkeepers is actually probably the trickiest position to come to a decision on. I think Nick Pope was quite an easy one for wildcarders last week because he was going straight into the Bournemouth game. Yes, he didn't get the clean sheet, but this week it makes you think twice about Pope because you've lost one of the better fixtures between now and the World Cup in that Bournemouth game. I still think I probably would go for Pope. I can see why people are hesitant now as well because he's gone up in price, probably 02 from, from maybe two weeks ago. So that might give you a slight hesitation. The other options Dominic mentioned, they're not very inspiring. Guetta at Palace, I just I don't think he's been great this season. I think there's always a chance Sam Johnston will come in at some point this year. So that puts me off him. Guetta tends to miss games, random games at times, like he has done the last couple of seasons as well. Sa at Wolves is probably an okay option, but one thing I don't like there is Nathan Collins is banned for three games. I think he's been really good at centre-back for Wolves this season, so that kind of puts me off Sa as well. Pickford-Begovic combo, you only have to pay £8.5 million for that, but again, do I really trust the Everton defence? Not so much. And then that brings you to Ward and Everson. And I've seen quite a few people on Twitter this week, and it surprised me at first, I could see people going Ward and Everson on a wild card. And I'm thinking, why on earth would you do that? But then when you look at the other options, there's not a huge amount there. And if you go for Ward and Everson, obviously it frees up cash to do other things. But my advice would be, speaking from experience, don't put yourself through the pain. You know, Ward and Everson, there's enough evidence there now that they're pretty rubbish FPL assets. I think if they were cost two million each, I still wouldn't buy them. I was looking through the goalkeeper list for this question and it, I couldn't believe there's 20 teams in the Premier League and Danny Ward is the 21st for points scored by goalkeeper. So go figure that one out. That tells you all you need to know really. So my advice would be avoid the Leicester guys. They're very often only going to get you one point. So just try and get somebody, You know, even spend 4.5 instead of 4 on maybe a Pickford-Begovic combo. At least you can get some saves out of those guys and you'll, you'll certainly get more clean sheets from Everton, I think, than you will Leicester, the way things are going. But yeah, if cash is not an issue, I still think, I mean, if I backed Nick Pope last week, surely i got to back him again this week because the fixtures between now and the World Cup 
are absolutely fine. A couple of other options that Dominic didn't mention. You've got Neto at Bournemouth. They've got the fixtures. He looked okay. Small sample size. Maybe he'll be a better option than, than Pickford. And you've got Fabianski as well. If you're willing to spend five million, West Ham's fixtures are good also. But the thing with Fabianski, I'm always concerned about Ariola also. Ariola's a good goalkeeper. Could come in at any point as well. So yeah, good luck picking a wildcard goalkeeper this week. Certainly wouldn't want to be trying to figure that one out. Question from Dave Thompson. Zaha or Madison? from now until game week 13. So as I mentioned, I'm looking to buy both of these players. Probably going to buy Madison this week and then Zaha the week after. The reason I didn't get Zaha on the wild card was I was happy to wait until game week 10 because he had a blank and then he had Chelsea. And then game week 10, the fixtures turn a lot better for Palace. So I'm looking at Zaha game week 10, probably Madison game week 9 for Anthony Gordon. So if you can only get one of them, I think fixture-wise for Leicester look a little bit better. I know Leicester are a bit of a mess, but they're still scoring goals. And Madison looked very, very impressive in the most recent fixture. Very good numbers in terms of, of shots and chances created in that one. So yeah, if you can get both, great. If you can only get one, and if it's this week, I would probably go Madison because he's got Nottingham Forest. Question from Andrew T. How long do we give Bowen before moving him on? So yeah, a lot of people went for Bowen on the wild card, I was pretty close to doing so. If I'm being honest, he was in a lot of my drafts. He kind of came out of it on the final day. And I went for Saka instead, which worked out quite well. If I own Bowen, I wouldn't give up faith yet. The fixtures are okay. They've got Wolves and Fulham. So they've got two home games coming up. I would probably give him those two. And then if, if it still isn't happening for him by then, they've got Southampton away and Liverpool away. So I would probably give him at least one more game, if not two. You've got a way up. Let's say you've got no other fires to fight in your squads. If you think, for example, a Madison or a Zaha or, or a Foden or a Martinelli, if you don't own them, if you think those guys are definitely going to outscore Bowen, then you probably just you know cut your losses and, and make the change. But again, if, if you've got one free transfer, I would rather save a transfer than, than sell Bowen before Wolves at home. Question from Paul Olaleru, is it time to move back to Salah? Very tempting to do so. Even someone who just got rid of on a, on a wild card last week, I am tempted because I think he's one of the best captaincy candidates this week. Haaland plays Manchester United, which is going to give some people pause on the captaincy. Salah on paper probably looks better at home to Brighton under a new manager. We don't know how that's going to go. Liverpool did look much better in that final game before the break as well. So we're expecting better things from Salah and Liverpool after this international break. They've got Brighton at home next, then it's Arsenal away, Man City at home, and then West Ham at home in game week 12. So I am probably going to go without Salah for this Brighton game, which means I'll go without him for Arsenal and Manchester City as well. And then the easy move is Kevin De Bruyne back to Salah for the West Ham home game in game week 12. And you're probably going to captain him that week because Haaland doesn't have a fixture. So I think it's absolutely fine to get him back this week. If you're getting him back, I think it probably has to be this week, or else you'd probably just write it out and wait until game week 12. Duncan Hadland asks, is the Solanke hype real? Yeah, I think it is. You know, at first when I seen it, I couldn't really understand it either. But when you look at the fixtures, you can see why people are doing it. And the fact that he's only 5.7, he does open a lot of doors. So as I said, Bournemouth best fixtures until the World Cup. Solanke scored 29 goals last season. Yes, he hasn't done much so far this season, but he does have the pedigree from the championship. 
The next eight fixtures for Bournemouth are Brentford, Leicester, Fulham, Southampton, West Ham, Tottenham, Leeds and Everton. So if there's ever going to be a chunk of the season where Solanke gets four or five goals, it's probably going to be this stretch of eight game weeks. So I wouldn't stop anyone from getting him. And even in my own squad, I've got Tony. I've only had him for one game week. He's already frustrated me. He's got Bournemouth next, so obviously I'm not going to sell him. But if, if Tony was to blank against Bournemouth, I would be quite tempted to go from Tony to Solanke. Let's say Solanke scores this week and Tony doesn't. I'd be tempted to make the switch in the near future myself just to free up that cash. Again, if I if I did Tony to Solanke at some point, it would probably mean I could get Trent and Salah game me 12, whereas at the moment I'm probably only going to be able to afford Salah. It's going to be quite hard to get Trent in because if there's a couple of price changes either way, it's going to, it's going to snooker me. So yeah, Solanke, I'm certainly going to watch him very closely against Brentford this weekend. And then it's Leicester afterwards and you know Leicester the best team to target this season with attackers. So let's see how this one plays out. Question from Ishan Garg. What would be your wildcard squad this week? So yeah, good question. Obviously, I've, I've put this together very quickly. There was 0.0 in the bank. It was just the standard bench of Andreas, Nico Williams and another 4 million defender. I think Everson was on the bench as well because it was, like I said, bang on 0.0 in the bank. Pope in goal. Defenders were Trent, Cancelo and Rhys James. Midfielder were Salah, Martinelli, Madison and Zaha. And up front, Haaland, Mitrovic and Solanke. So I think you're going to see, I think that'll be a pretty standard wildcard squad this week. Maybe some people won't go for Trent. I think a lot of wildcarders will go for Salah though. And then I think Solanke, as the week goes on, is going to become very popular because as people tinker with their squads, they're going to find that once you put them in, it's very nice what you can do in defence and midfield as well. So yeah, Pope, Trent, Cancelo James, Salah, Martinelli, Madison, Zaha, Haaland, Mitrovic and Solanke. There's a few ideas for those of you who are tinkering this week. Question from Holly Shand, which will bring me into the captaincy discussion. Is this the week to consider alternative captain picks to Haaland? So yeah, like I said, he plays Manchester United, which is going to give some people pause. I don't think it's going to give me pause. I kind of decided a few weeks ago that this guy is just too good. I think you just captain him as often as possible, regardless of fixture. I think Manchester City are streets ahead of everyone else this season as well. They're just purring along very nicely and basically blowing teams away in first gear and second gear. So as a Manchester United fan, don't expect us. I expect us to perform well in the game, but I, I you know, I'd, if I was going to the bookies, I'd be putting a few ball on Manchester City in this game and I'd be back in Haaland to score as well. So I think I'm just going to stick with Haaland. He's been my captain for a few game weeks now, hasn't let me down. Fixture doesn't really put me off. So I don't have Salah, which makes it easier. I think if, if you have Salah and Haaland this week, it's a much closer decision because I think Salah's a very good captain at home to Brighton. He's got a better fixture. But again, I keep coming back to Haaland and what he's done so far is it 11 goals in the league. I think I think that's where I'll be going. I own Kevin De Bruyne as well, so there's you know some slight temptation there. De Bruyne tends to show up in these big games. So you know I, I remember him punishing Manchester United quite a few times. But again, I find it hard to captain De Bruyne over Haaland. You know, I'd rather the goal scorer than the provider there. So for me, it looks like Haaland. Holly was asking about alternatives. If we don't go for Haaland, where do we go? 
Arsenal play Tottenham in the early kickoff on Saturday. If you think there's going to be goals in that one, there's always cap- captaincy candidates in there. The likes of Jesus, Martinelli, Youngman's son, and Harry Kane, if you own them. Elsewhere, not a huge amount jumps out at me. If you fancy Madison to do well against Nottingham Forest, he's an alternative captain. Mitrovic plays his old team Newcastle, and Ivan Tony plays Bournemouth. But again, I just can't look past the Man City guys or Salah if you own them this game week. In terms of transfer options, I've noted down three options here. Option one is always, I could save a transfer. I'm not going to rule that out yet. But I do feel like Gordon might have been a mistake on on, on the wild card. And again, I'm, I'm, I'm already losing patience. And when Madison looked so good last game week, and he's got Nottingham Forest next and some other good fixtures to come, to me it feels like an easy decision. Just get rid of Gordon, my weak link, and, and get Madison, who I think is a better FPL asset. Not just this week, but for the next few game weeks. So maybe just fix that issue. Maybe I should have went Madison wildcard last week instead of Gordon. So the, the other options are Gordon to Madison, Zaha or Diaz. But like I said, I'm leaning towards Madison. The other option is sell Saka instead for Madison or one of the others. But again, happy to keep Saka for the Tottenham game. Hopefully there's goals in it. And then probably do Saka to Zaha game week 10. So again, early thoughts. It's only Monday. Let's see if anything changes between now and the deadline. Enjoy the rest of the international break, folks. It's going to be a mad dash from Game Week 9 to the World Cup with hopefully plenty of green arrows to come. If you enjoy the podcast and you'd like to support me as a full-time FPL content creator, visit patreon.com forward slash FPL general where you'll get extra podcasts, a Thursday night live stream and a team reveal before each deadline. I'll talk to you again on Friday after the pressers. The Athletic.